0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, this is Jesse.
1: Hi, this is Julie from Forgotten Classics.
2: And this is Greg Marguerite from LibriVox and Iambic Audiobooks.
0: Hey, hi, folks. Hi. Hello. Thanks for coming on today to talk about Gulliver's Travels.
2: Glad to do it.
1: Yeah, me too. It's been too long since I've talked to you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah it's been uh, like I don't know. We talked about this book a long time. Was that in the August or something?
2: It was we talked during about? Mind Swap.
0: Yeah. What? Well, when was that? It?
2: it. Because I thought Mind Swap was like the Laputa section.
0: Oh, let from me
2: this book. Let
0: me You're right.
1: I'd forgotten See? that.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: It always leads back to Gulliver's Travels. Right.
0: <laughs> it's possible. Uh, I, I'm not exactly seeing that. I, I mean, Laputa was not, uh, not the most memorable sections. Uh, obviously, uh, the most memorable sections for regular folks uh, who haven't read the book, uh, like me, would be the Lilliput section. And I think that's actually still, you know, it still stands out. quite. It's quite a large section of the book.
1: And it's yeah. the one that's usually uh, dramatized or if they're only going to do part of it, which is what you usually do, then that's the part they do because it's so dramatic.
0: It's also really funny. Uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, Greg was saying I had my punishment for making a, a Fox News style joke was to uh, was to uh, not, not that Fox News makes jokes, but uh, <laughs> to act, acting like a Fox News commentator was to watch the. Watch the movie version, and I I can totally see why that movie version exists because the humor in this book is pretty uh, pretty juvenile when translated to visuals, but it sounds awesome when it's just when it's uh, when it's just uh, you know high fancy language.
2: Yeah, yeah the actually,
1: scatological nature of it, indeed. Yeah,
2: I actually saw a review of the Jack Black movie. That complained about how juvenile it was that he was uh, urinating to put out a fire. Yeah, it's exactly then, in the book. That's in the book. I know. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing they didn't make up.
0: Well, I, uh, you know, I think, I think there's, there's a, I mean, it's a very juvenile book in the sense that a lot of there is a lot of that uh, poo poo and pee pee and oh, what a big penis he has jokes, but they're mm-hmm. all hidden, hidden by the the. The language, and, and and because of that, it makes it much funnier.
1: Well, for our time, it is, but that's, I kept reading about how controversial it was, and I was like, what is it talking about? So uh, when I was done, I actually went and found, um, I hate to say it, Spark Notes, and said, okay. okay, help me understand some of this stuff. And it was very helpful, actually. And that was one of the things they were saying, is that those were the sections that keep getting censored. Yes. Urination I, I, on the Fire, etc.
0: One of my, uh, the copy I have, I, I don't know if you guys saw, but I posted up a, a LibriVox version yesterday, I think mm-hmm. it was. I and I that. put up a bunch of pictures. And that, that, there's a whole bunch of things edited out of that book. And, and I was trying to figure out exactly what it was, but it, it totally makes sense because, you know, you're going to read that in uh, school and then everybody says, oh, he's being on the building. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> that's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> right.
2: Right, that's and and you know if you go if you read a lot of Swift, you'll find out he has essays about farts and he has all kinds of stuff like that that he's done. Um, but the the stuff that got edited out originally was anything that seemed you know the Roman a clef that came too close to the British French Irish politics oh, of the day. Oh, so okay.
3: like
2: the, the you know in in Lilliput and Blefskew or whatever um, the the guys some wear, some guys wear high heels and some guys wear short heels. Mm-hmm, that was and,
0: awesome. That, that such a that, great one line thing and ah, it was perfect.
2: That's supposed to be the Tories and the Whigs. Yeah, uh, right. And the big Indians and the little Indians are supposed to be Protestants and Catholics. Yeah. So uh, there was a lot of uh, imagery that was immediately recognizable to the people of the day, and so that's why they they started the, the original reason why they started censoring it then when that didn't matter anymore the arbiters of good taste started censoring out you know <laughs> all of what was supposed to be the lower humor
1: which is pretty funny because all the things they were censoring were the points that he was making to those people you know you don't like seeing pictures of yourself that way especially you know at the beginning oh you yeah. can't say that about us we'll take it out
2: right and i'm not sure is, is it a, a quote from swift i'd have to look it up but there's, you know, the definition of satire is when you can't recognize yourself in the story.
0: <laughs> no, oh, I, no, I, I don't. I've never heard that one. No, I haven't either. It's, it yeah. sounds clever enough to come from him.
2: Well, I'm or not Mark doing Twain. it justice. Yeah, I'm not doing it justice. But it, it has to be that the story is so clever that you laugh at all the fools in it and <laughs> don't see yourself as one of the characters.
1: In which case, I would think just because I like Mark Twain it could be mark twain also because he was very good at that i think
2: yeah. well i i see Apparently possible stunning similarities between twain and, and swift and oh I love, yeah love twain as well so um yeah. i you know i've probably done i don't know 25 of his things so I'm i'm big into him and i'm hoping to get a hold of his i don't you know a new he,
0: biography autobiography yeah.
2: I put in for it at Iambic, but I haven't heard anything back yet from the publisher. Oh,
0: really? Oh. Well, I think, uh, mm-hmm. isn't Blackstone doing the uh, the uh, autobiography?
2: I don't know. Um, it is. It's a, it's a university press that has it. I can't remember the name off the top of my head here. Um, but, you know, what you're supposed to do when you put in for a book is check to make sure there isn't an audio version, and then you put in for it. And uh-huh. At the time that I checked, there wasn't an audio version. Mm. Since then, Blackstone has come out with it.
0: I and... could be wrong about that, but uh, I thought I spotted it there. And I know that uh, we had Grover Gardner on not that long ago, and he was talking about about that briefly.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff in there, uh, you know, especially the the religious stuff that I'd love to get my voice around.
0: <laughs> well, uh, have you read the have you read the the, Go figure. the the new giant autobiography?
2: Yeah, well, a lot of his stuff, he he basically had a filing cabinet that he said, this can't be published in my lifetime, and in fact, he left in his will uh, a whole drawer full of stuff that couldn't be published until after he was dead for 100 years, which just happened five, six months ago. That's why the book came out. Uh,
0: You know, I would love to read a a biography of Jonathan Swift, just because uh, when I'm, I'm... I'm, I'm finished, you know, about halfway through the book, and I said, "Oh, I'll look him up on Wikipedia," and I'm like, "Wait a second, he's a cleric? Yeah,
3: <laughs> what? yeah,
0: right? It's like, right. What kind of but a bitter him? cleric? <laughs> I don't know. He's Can
2: pretty I, funny. He's got and, I, and no, he, I'm he,
1: not saying he's not funny. I'm just saying bitter. he had he, he had issues. Obviously, he's very hard, not,
0: he's sure. very not hard to, uh, you know, he's well. I don't know what a dean does exactly in a church. Uh, but, know. Uh, you know, he says he's the, you know, I, this, one of the things I've been hearing about uh, that, you know, Anglican Church, uh, there's articles about how the Anglican Church has uh, too many atheist uh, ministers. <laughs> um, and one of the explanations I heard for that was that because uh The United Kingdom was a theocracy for, uh, and I guess sort of still is for so long. Uh, In order to go to university, you had to be Anglican, right? And so what they would do is they would make everybody Anglican to attend university, and what that ended up doing was making nobody who attends university very religious, because if you force everyone into uh, a religion so that they can get an education, then you you actually weaken the strain of that religion. And right. and I, I I don't know if that's true for for him, but he certainly doesn't make me think, "Oh man, this guy's got to be deeply uh religious just based on on this book alone and I guess a modest proposal as well." He doesn't seem to hold a lot of stuff sacred that, you know, I always think uh a s- deeply religious person would.
2: It depends on the deeply religious person. Yes, uh, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if you read a lot of his poetry, mm-hmm. you'll get a, a much better sense. And there are published uh, uh uh, what do you call what a priest does on Sunday mornings?
1: Family,
3: sermon, sermon,
2: uh, sermon. Thank you. There's a bunch of published sermons, and that'll that'll do. But but it, you know the the days that he was living through with the Brits trying to impose their will on Ireland and just all that stuff was was you know a very acrimonious air and. Let's...
1: Uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, plus, um, what I kept coming across was the reference that he was really angry at, I can't, Queen Anne is what sticks in my mind, because he expected to get a better assignment in England, and the Queen didn't like him. And so when he fell out of favor, he got sent to Ireland. And um, so that's part of the Queen of Lilliput turning against him. Right. Um, so some of that, I mean, you know, just because you're yeah, there's a lot of person, anti
0: anti royalist. Yeah, stuff in and just because
1: you're really religious doesn't mean you're not human and you know mad or see a lot of flaws and so you write about it in a caustic or you know humorous caustic way. Um, sure.
0: So sure. I could I- see
1: that because the, the stuff he was saying about the religious stuff, that was you know the people who are all nitpicking about you know which <laughs> which end of the egg do we open up? Right. And I was like. I could see that now, you know that's because a lot of the appeal of this book is not just that he's commenting on human ways of dealing with systems a lot of the time that and how they push them to the extreme and think that's all normal
0: indeed if that makes right. sense oh no, that totally makes sense,
2: yep, and accept waste you know when it, when it's not even necessary kind of thing
0: hmm Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a that's a traditionally spiritual way to approach things i mean he 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 did have his i mean he was a thinking man but he also had a very spiritual side and uh despite you know the way the book ends i mean i love it but most literary critics think it's horrifically depressing and awful and i don't see any other way the book could have ended uh i would love to have some horses to go out to the barn and talk to for four.
0: Um uh, the, the one I have the the audible edition has uh, a a new uh not a new introduction an introduction added to it that is is uh him coming back after the book has been published and yeah. and telling you know what, what what was wrong in the original publication and you know the mispronunciation of this word or uh, misspelling of this word and a few other things and uh, it, I guess it was designed to show that he's, he has not changed his opinions since the publication of the book.
2: Uh, believe it or not, that introduction was written with the book.
0: Oh, it's all, interesting. It's,
2: it's all fiction. Uh-huh. It's all fiction. The letters, but these are supposed to
0: well, be. Well, obviously. <laughs>
2: but, uh, 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 no, but I mean, even he, he has a bunch of commentaries about the fiction itself that were part of writing the fiction. The commentaries were not real.
0: It's, uh, reminding me of Jorge Luis Borges now. Uh,
2: Yeah, to, to, yes, he plays with you, exactly. Same, same exact, you know, you can't really tell, you can't get a firm hold on what's going on, because he just lies in all possible directions at once.
0: (laughs) So, uh, what do you think about going through the book by section? Um, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so... Uh, so, so, uh, I'll tell you, some of the some of the pronunciations are going to be tough when we get into part three yeah <laughs> <laughs> I heard them and I'm not sure I can pronounce some of them
2: uh, Alma the Barbie and Glub Dub Drib and places like that mm-hmm. and
0: Japan, that one's hard too
2: yeah, that you one <laughs> <yeah. laughs>
0: alright, so um, Lilliput and Blefescue what is mm-hmm. what is Blef-escue? Is that that's the neighboring kingdom, right?
2: Yeah, it's yeah. another island. It's island. Eight, yeah, like eight hundred yards away.
0: I figure. I figure that somebody has probably written a book um, that is set parallel to to uh, Littleput, and they just sent the guy to Blefuscu, and you know, the two guys shipwrecked, and uh, one of them went went to Blefuscu, and the other one went to Littleput, just because it it is a kingdom that we don't hear much about, other than they're the enemy until he goes and visits there, right. And a lot of um, sort of famous books like this will get rewritten or something like, I don't know, they'll probably turn it into a zombie book.
2: Oh, <laughs> heavens. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, yeah, the right.
0: zombies of Blefuscu or something. Exactly, but, exactly. <laughs>
2: um, in the book, he does give you 30 degrees, two minutes south. That puts him in Australia. But I don't think he meant to be there. I think he meant to be north and, and east of that uh, in yeah, West,
0: it's fairly precise is, in where yeah. he he labels things are.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I think Van Diemen's Land is is uh, is what he was actually thinking
0: of in the South He mentions Pacific. Van Diemen's Land. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Von, yeah. Von Diemen's Land. Well, yeah. Well, yeah never heard yeah. of it. Uh, I I have heard of it, but I can't remember where it is. Oh. Um. Well. So. When when I compared L- Lilliput and B- Blufferskew to Broad Ding Mag, let's say the, <laughs> the second man. place, the, the land of where everyone is a giant and he's a the big a little man. Yeah, right. When right. I compare those two, I realized that the first part is probably the most popular part, also because it is uh, every little boy's fantasy to be a giant. In the land of small people, and you have lots of power, right? Yeah. And I didn't realize that until I was uh, listening to the second section, part two, where he's... he's
2: a like, little guy.
0: He's not just a little guy, he's, he's being treated like a baby,
2: right? right? Yep.
0: And <laughs> it was entirely much more obvious that they had to be paired in this way so that I could... Say, oh yes, he, he he is like he's like Godzilla, right? It's a yeah. Except he's not he's not he's not cruel with his power. And he's, he's a ge- he's a gecko in the second place. Uh,
1: yeah. he's Godzilla in the first place. He's uh because the thing I thought was interesting is I always I read this in high school, so of course I you know I wasn't nearly um paying attention to it the way I was now. Mm-hmm. And so I just always went, oh, it's the opposite lands, right? Mm -hmm. But when I read the second one, I realized that not only is he physically small, but um, he's also, would it be morally small? Or it's showing how a lot of the things he thinks are important, which is the opposite. But like when the king of whatever that giant land of the giants is, says – Oh, gunpowder. I don't think so.
3: <laughs> right. We don't need right. that
1: kind of thing. There's so much violence that's not necessary. And so it was really looking at um, morals or ethics or something completely different than the um, comparing religious uh, tiffs and the governmental tiffs, which weren't really as distinguishing from each other as everybody thought.
0: If, 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 if right, yeah, if that. there's a uniting theme, it's it's got to be something to do with royalty not being the greatest system of governance uh, <laughs> devised by Why man.
1: We really look at it that way. That's interesting because each
0: section has you know it says well this is obviously not a good way of <laughs> governing yourself and and then they move on to the next section and then finally we get to a section in which there is none uh, no royal system exactly but oh I don't know about uh, uh, that. well we'll talk about that later because that, okay. that one has a lot of content that I think is yep. worth yep. unpacking yep um, so uh, also what also you know in thinking about this first section um, I was thinking that the people there are treated by him you know as you know oh it's so easy for me to help you I'll help you and then as you were saying when he goes to broad bid Broad ding nag. Rob ding. Yeah. Rob Ding Nag. Yep. That place. <laughs> land of the Giants, some of the land time. of the Giants, yeah. <laughs> yep. um, then he he is not just treated like a baby, he, he's also sort of feminized. Remember when he's in the bathroom and all the women are getting undressed? They, he's he's very embarrassed and they it's because they're treating him like uh, a little either a baby or like a, a girl. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and sort of so the uh, the first part's, you know, uh you think you're so great because you're you're giant and you have all this power. You can piss all over anything you want. Um the the soldiers walking under you uh during the parade can look up and see your massive manliness. And then yes. in the next one you're you're, you're yeah. so inconsequential as to have no uh sexuality at all.
2: Right. And you're and you're put on display for money
0: indeed yeah
2: you're a curiosity
0: well he was a curiosity in the first well, land as well true. but it was true. it was more like a monument than a yeah 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 he was yeah. a colossus right the st- standing astride the uh and a right. danger
1: to everybody he was dangerous in the first land Indeed, you know how were they going to feed him was it going to cause a famine for them but you know um sure. they, kept trying to confine him so he wouldn't crush anything.
0: Um yes. Back 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 in Lilliput. I'm I'm wondering if uh you guys found the um the inventory of his uh pockets rather funny. I was laughing out loud as I was figuring out what the things were. Yeah. There's a, there's a line about uh his pocket watch. Did did you do recall that, that one?
2: I I'm not sure exactly which line you're talking oh,
0: about. Oh, so funny. Um they said uh, he's reading he he translates their their list. They may he has the right. king of Lilliput has the oh. two guards uh go through his pockets which he puts them in his pockets and they measure everything that's in his pockets cuz they're going to take it away from him in case he he you know their weapons or something. Right. And one of the things he measures is the, 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 the he describes is their the pocket watch he has, and he—they describe it as a you know a large object with a clear surface, making a very large, loud noise. And they're, they can't understand what it is, other than they think it's his either a monster mm-hmm. or uh, his god. <laughs> <laughs> right. They think it's his god right. because he's always consulting it, and <laughs> and he, you know, the way he describes his relationship with it is that. It, it must, you know, it's very important and uh, must be he- heated at all times. You know, it's like, oh, I'm like, damn, you got that nailed down. I say yeah. I, I <laughs> state to my, my my friends, you know, the the best way you can get, you want to go to jail, the, the most immediate way to go to prison is to act as if um, the time is not actually what the time is. So if, you know, we're, hmm. we're all operating on uh I'm on Pacific Standard julie I don't know you're central, central right so if you go into a store and say no you're wrong the time is not this the time is actually this based on where the sun's a- actual position is you're going to go to jail because <laughs> no one will agree with you right yeah. <laughs> and this is a a, a a consensual hallucination that if you depart from you will shall immediately be thrown in into prison not because <laughs> not because you know believing it is is wrong but acting as if it's true will make you be thrown in jail i guess the only place that that wouldn't happen is like 711 where it's open 24 hours yes
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but well, that's especially true for me
2: yeah i uh, but if you notice the the same 12 to 1 ratio between Lilliput and Brobdingnag um Exists in time too, because they talk about how long the war with, oh, yeah. went on, and he says how many moons it's been.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Not, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. It,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Time is traveling at one twelfth in in Lilliput and at twelve x in Brobdingnag. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't think about that, but I think you're right. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So uh any any other uh uh segments strike you in Lilliput and Bluffaskew uh
2: beyond the over or arching arc or uh, I mean
0: what, uh, whatever I I, I just figured we'll move on to uh Broad Big Nag Broad Din to no bother singing it. the land of the giants part 2 <laughs>
2: He he gave them those names for the very gag that's going on right now with us. Indeed, <laughs> I'm
0: sure that's true.
1: Yeah. He's <laughs> laughing at us from beyond the grave right now. Yep,
2: Indeed. yep. Believe it. I like to think of that.
0: Uh, well, yeah. In the introduction, he says it's it's wrong. It should be na- it shouldn't be nag. It says it should be rag. <laughs>
2: I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, and I'm, it's I'm a misspelling. Yeah, the publisher and again, that's what I was talking about with the intro. The publisher screwed up the spelling and and spells it wrong in the entire book. But right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Which is really the point to me of the entire thing, which is that Gulliver never really gets it himself. I mean, you know, he's um he's so attached to all these little details that he often doesn't or most of the time doesn't look up and see the big picture himself. Indeed. And that's right. kind of the thing about the whole publisher's letter that starts you off. That to me was one of the funniest pieces of the book. Yeah, I loved it.
0: I, yeah. I think it's funnier after I read the book because uh, I didn't. Um, I you know I'm I'm not I'm not I wasn't as familiar as, with the book as I thought I was. I don't know. I must have read it at some point because I I knew the general outlines. I think you know, it's one of those cultural things yeah, though that. Be. Yeah, we
1: all it, kind of know the general outlines because it's been done so much in movies or uh, satires of it, you know,
0: I, I've, you know, I've just happened to have three or four kids versions around. So I must have read some of those at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. And the, all, most of the classics of English literature are that have been absorbed by culture. We understand the, the you know, in other words robbin nagian is an, an actual adjective that people use to say yeah. something's huge um and once you get to that level you you lose all the detail that's you just true. remember little people big people you don't even mm-hmm. remember you know eggs and and heels and all that stuff um
0: i i can't i can't tell you how many times i laughed out loud just listening to the book and oh my god that's awesome (laughs) you know and just laugh 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 and then I probably missed two or three jokes while that was uh, you know that was going on because they they sort of come in bursts the story is not very much dialogue but uh, and I think that's you know the temptation to turn it into movies and such is really not this book's forte it's because it's so visual and it has all these these, uh, striking visuals that, that, that that's why people want to do it. Um, um,
2: of all the versions I've seen of this book, I have to say, and I can't believe these words are going to come out of my <laughs> mouth, but the version with Ted Danson. Okay. Is probably as close as I've seen it come. And that was as a mini series. You need to spread this story out. This story is like four to six hours. Clearly. To do it right. And, and, um, you know, I, I had very little hope for that when it was made, and I was surprised that it was as good as it was.
1: I heard but, it was a really good version. I didn't see it.
2: it It's worth it's worth sitting through. Uh, they change a bunch of things. Like it's not four different voyages.
3: It's, mm-hmm.
2: it's one solid. You know, he goes from one place to the next. He doesn't go home in between. Uh, and so they made changes like that. But in general, they capture the spirit of each of the four journeys and what it's supposed to mean. And I'm shocked that actually got through the Hollywood huh. machine and, mm-hmm. you know, survived. But I yeah. mean, if I saw Demi Moore in the Scarlet letter and she got the guy in the end. I was like,
1: okay, Oh, Oh, please stop.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. So
0: you're killing so, yeah.
2: me. <laughs> so yeah. Check out, check out the Ted dancing one.
0: So, well, uh, I will try and find it. Um, uh, speaking of the Scarlet letter, I watched actually, uh, a nice adaptation of it that is not much of an adaptation. Um, but it's, it's, it's like, um, I think there was a, a movie called 10 things I hate about you, which is,
3: yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: what's that? A adaptation of, uh, but Shakespeare's, no, uh... um, uh, no, that's, uh, that's Shakespeare.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, Oh, come on. Uh... I know. Taming of the shrew.
0: The taming of the shrew. It. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, 10 things I hate about you is a nice adaptation. It's in, in the sense that it, it takes the, the basic concept of something and then reworks it for its own ends. And I think that that's probably the best way to adapt something. So arcane, you know, compared Mm -hmm. to the modern, you know, trying to put people in high school. Well, this one was kind of similar. It's called easy. A. Okay.
1: That's the one I was wondering if you'd seen. I'd heard that was pretty good. It
0: is indeed pretty good. And it, it, you know, it takes the concept of, uh, you know, the Scarlet Letter, uh, you know, the A, and <laughs> applies right. it to school and, you know, uh, having bad morals in schools and girls, you know, getting reputations as being immoral, etc. And it it does a, a good job with it. But, yeah, it's, it's hard to see how such a, a very literary book could be turned into a uh it does does the Ted Danson version preserve any of the um any of the uh see i, I just i can see jack black peeing all over the cat the, yeah. the palace yeah. and right. i think ah ha ha everybody's laughing at it <gasps> but what i was laughing at was not his his i was laughing at what i think i was supposed to be laughing at was that he his, his he is both showing disdain for Royalty and supporting royalty at exactly. the same time that's exactly. what we're supposed to be laughing at, right
3: yep yep,
0: and he's doing it in in the uh it's a, a visual double entendre or something like that I don't know right. but it's it's uh it was just it was such a well well shot bon mot or whatever it is <laughs> right that uh, you know I think that would be lost in the the film i don't i, I maybe people would get it, i don't know
2: i' don't, i mean you know if Cassavetes had done it,
0: we would know. Okay.
2: So, you know what I mean? It, just, it depends who gets the, gets the,
0: you know. I don't think he did this version, the Jack no, Black no, version.
2: No. <laughs> no, no, well, he's, been, I don't mean the son. I mean, John Cassavetes. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, and in fact, one of his last movies, speaking of Shakespeare is, is the Tempest, um, with Raoul Julia as the goat herd. And I can't remember who all's in it now, but, um, was that a great good version? Yeah, yeah, as good as the the latest one that just came out with what's her name in the lead. Um,
0: oh yeah, I heard about that.
1: Helen Mirren as Prospero, Helen Marin.
0: right, right, right. Which
1: right. I was like, oh really? I mean, I like her, but she, Prospero's not a
2: woman. No, but she does a good job with it.
0: I with don't think. It. It, yeah. I don't think it's critical though. Uh, from what I was hearing about it, it wasn't critical that you know he'd be a man well, as much as he'd be a character.
1: I guess, but you, but it is kind of, it does kind of matter because I'm listening to that while I'm going through, while Chop Bard is going through it.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. And
1: so I just happen to know the very beginning part at this point. I mean, I know overall, but it's, you know, he was going to be the Duke or he was the Duke and he was cast out and the mother died young. And so the girls never had a mother. And so if you change that to a woman, that it, changes, it changes the dynamic of the relationship with the daughter, and it, it changes. Does, but the, change yeah.
0: isn't necessarily yeah. bad, though, and,
1: right? Well, it depends if you want Shakespeare or not.
0: I mean, well, I'll tell you. I, don't, I,
1: what, I haven't listened to production. the whole thing, so I can't really say. I mean, I don't know if overall, uh, and 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 Helen Mirren does a fantastic job at anything she does, so I know she'd be good at it. I just don't know if it gets. The essence of the thing, you know what I, I'm saying? I haven't Properly? seen it.
0: I don't know. Yeah, so and but I, don't, I can tell you that some of the best adaptations of Shakespeare on the stage, or the, the best adaptation of Shakespeare I've seen on stage, was you know move it to the move it to the um,
3: it's to, not to, to the 20th
0: century, exactly, <laughs> uh, or That's uh, English fascism, etc., and and they that's keep great. all the dialogue and just make Richard uh you know a fascist and it right. it doesn't change the text what right. it does is change your relationship to the text and you say but if you change
1: Henry the 5th to Henrietta the 5th I mean you're changing something you know he's not a prince he's a person <laughs> True enough
0: but but something. I don't believe Prospero I don't, I, is a is a historical figure and that's the difference right No
1: but what I'm saying is because of what he was created to be I don't know right. yet because I haven't finished, but that represents something specific in that story as well as yeah. just a magic maker
2: and a parent. That's mm. all I, I'm saying. I agree with the, with the daughter relationship. Absolutely. But when you have Would things change like, I mean, Tempest is, was, was converted into forbidden planet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, so, sure. I mean, if you're going to stretch it that far, you might as well do whatever the heck
0: you want with it. Yeah, It, it doesn't I, ruin the original. It just changes that particular yeah. version. It just yeah. turns
1: it into their thing. Right. Like you know, you put Heath Ledger in ten things I hate about you, and you know it's different,
2: yeah, very much well, for so. one Although, thing it
1: makes me watch it. what can I say?
2: Ie that way whose name I can't remember that that the, the main kid is the kid who was third rock and a bunch of oh, yes, he's wonderful inception and all that. he's oh really gosh, yes. good. And there's a version of... Gordon um,
0: Michael Levitt or something like that? I yes. Think. Yes, there's, I love that I,
2: kid. I, I don't know the name of this movie, but there's a version of, like, a Chandler novel done in high school that he
1: did. Oh, Brick. Yeah. I, yeah. I did yeah, a podcast called on, called on that. the best movies okay. ever.
2: Amazing. Movie. Amazing. Yes. And it was joseph gordon levitt that pulled that off he did the brooding he did the mm-hmm. burned out noir guy as good as anybody could do in a high school setting so uh, yeah i don't have a problem with them you know doing that kind of thing and in fact i mean we started talking about the cassavetes version of tempest um you know he took a lot of liberties with it too and i just don't think you can get through when you have a system where there's a bunch of people who get paid to make changes they make changes whether They're necessary. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, that
1: brings up something interesting because um, that's a good point because Rose just read, who is in film school, so I realize that, you know, puts a certain level of uh, a lack of experience on it. But she's taking a Western screenwriting class Mm -hmm. and she had read. Dante's Inferno for oh. some English class she took last semester. I, I
0: thought you were gonna were say, I thought you were gonna say like westerns, like Gunfight at the OK Corral. And I'm well, like, that's the i the kind of what thing she's talking, you're about. talking
1: about. But she yeah. read it, and before oh. this class was available, she said, "I really want to take a certain section of this, and I can see it as a western. I really want to make it a western." So she and I have been talking about these ideas she's had over a several month period. And then this Western class came up and I was like, it's your chance, Rose, you could get started on it. And, um, the teacher, unfortunately is very discouraging in terms of you can't do anything new. Nothing new's ever been done. And I'm like, well, don't listen to him. Just go ahead and do it. And, but it's that idea that you're saying, Greg of, it depends on how you're adapting it. Are you getting the essence across? Because you have to take liberties. Mm
3: -hmm. It's just,
1: what are you willing to let go in order to get across the point that you're making,
2: yeah, well, I think. Uh, but the so I do the, see that. But. The thing with the teacher is, yeah, he's right. In the in in the strictest interpretation, you can't do anything new. But what you can do is put two things together that haven't been put together before. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank you, and, Firefly. And
2: that that is what. Yeah, exactly. Well, we could come up with thousands of. I mean, that is what people think of as new. Is just two things that haven't been put together. No,
0: yeah, it's, or it's, or that it's, haven't been put together recently. Yeah, uh, sure. That, that's yeah. got to be the the thing. Is is nothing even putting together two things that have been put together before as long as it hasn't been done in the last ten years or twenty years, people won't remember. People don't. Oh remember. yeah. Well, right.
1: unfortunately, he he happened to mean don't even try anything different because, and he told him that <laughs> because there's just no point. And then you know it's, and I was like, "Okay, just move on and do what you want to do rose just yeah, you
2: know. exactly, and if Gulliver's Travels is one of my favorite books, dante's Inferno is on that list as well, mm-hmm. um, and I would love to see a western version of of inferno <laughs> i i that I think that would be it done properly would be very enjoyable
1: it really has the what she's talking about really has kind of a feel of um Sergio Leone and um, the man yeah. with no name and she has yep. seen some of those movies but not a lot of them and I pointed that out and she goes oh okay I hadn't thought of that but that would work you know so that's <laughs> that adaptation thing and um right,
2: right and I you know I've always thought of myself as a virtuous pagan <laughs> so uh you
0: know I'd love to <laughs> that's be my line that I said thing. that on this podcast dang I just realized oh, okay. I
1: probably shouldn't have said anything because I think that stuff's People can pick that up and run with it and take it away from you.
2: That's true. <laughs> Curses. But, you, know, you know, because people can, I mean, yes, we probably shouldn't have talked about it, but uh, I,
3: oh, well. when, I've
2: been, when, I've, when people have stolen ideas from me, there are people that don't have their own ideas. So mm-hmm. tomorrow they have no more ideas and tomorrow I have like 10,000 new ideas because that's what I do. So,
1: well, that's true, but I have to apologize to my daughter for mentioning no, this, nobody's nobody's,
0: <laughs> nobody's nobody listens to this podcast.
1: Well, hopefully well, nobody's going to write us. a screenplay or mention any ideas. Copyright now.
2: Anyone listening <laughs> to this podcast who steals this idea, I will be coming after you.
1: Oh, thank you, Greg. There what a you go. All right.
0: Let's talk about Laputa. Now, Laputa, I, this is p- p- part of the book I got the least, I think. And the... I loved it.
2: Oh, okay. yeah, me too. It's Ireland. The, the reason okay. that you get the symbolism, you, you lower the big old rock down on top of the people who won't
1: oh, do what I you want. I that it is that. science.
2: Oh, see, well, that is true. Uh, but, and and it, it absolutely is true. But it's science and music and art and all that stuff without any practical... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, application to it which is what i was talking about when we were talking about mind swap right which, you know what i mean everybody yep. had high technology that was completely impractical and that's right. that's where i was going with that so um and yes all of that is the central point but the the general symbolism is first of all he invented bombardment they throw rocks down on people there mm-hmm. weren't bombs before that. but i think that the the literal symbolism of them lowering the, the, the laputa onto Re, you know <laughs> rebel cities mm-hmm. things like that is is was the british crushing the irish
0: okay mm-hmm. but uh, I, didn't yeah. he see, wasn't there a line in there about how they could do that but they never do
2: it, it's not that they never do it's that they had done it but but yeah well well england didn't go over and kill everybody in ireland either
0: yeah, I guess. I guess the thing is, is uh, I just didn't see that, and maybe that's what my problem was. So I, I was like, you know, okay, extracting sunbeams from cucumbers. I think that's what you mentioned the last time. And I thought, well, that's that's impractical. <laughs> but, exactly, that's but, sort of but, missing the point, isn't it? Right. Well,
2: um, the whole book is about missing the point.
0: Yeah. That's- yeah,
2: I mean, everything in it is about, yeah, Sunshine went in to make the cucumber, but you can't get it back out. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's the same theme he introduces over and over and over again. My favorite version of this is I have, and it's not in print anymore, um, Asimov did an annotated version of Gulliver's Travels. Oh,
0: nice. And really? stops.
2: Oh, yeah, and stops and explains all the... I have another one of Alice in Wonderland. I can't remember who did the annotated, which is also one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, the annotations turned this into a whole new book for me mm-hmm. and, and and same thing with asimov he stopped and explained you know the science and he of he did day a bunch
0: and, of an- asimov uh uh-huh. annotated things I, I think that that would actually have been really handy yeah
2: yes. <laughs> yeah it's my favorite and it's and it's you know i mean some of these commentaries are my own that i thought up but a bunch mm-hmm. of them i stole from isaac they're they're in his book so um
1: you gave him credit yeah okay just fair enough.
0: yeah i i I see like you know it's t- on the wikipedia entry it talks about the the making fun of the royal society and yeah yeah I see that you know uh, but the thing is is science is gonna have lots and lots and lots and lots of failure lots of useless experiments that really don't you know yes,
3: com- come to anything
0: I... but then that's okay because every once in a while you find something really interesting. And maybe, the, maybe what they're doing wrong is they're they're starting in with a plan, you know, like, I'm going to do this, rather than, let's see what's in there, which is right. always the wrong way to approach a
1: Well, but no know, one would – they couldn't even research. listen to anybody unless they had their ears hit by those servants who went around. That's yeah. how impractical right. they were. They weren't taking in anything from the real world also to use with their ideas. And I don't – I have a problem with theoretical science. That wasn't my thing. It was just showing – That like the farmers were all taking their advice except for that one guy who, you know, nobody liked him because he would just use his observational science Mm -hmm. rather than I'm going to get this out of it. And everybody's following that bad advice. Nothing's happening or, you know, they have no crops and they still do it. And I guess for me, I looked at that and went. This book has universal application because I'll see that now where people will say, well, my theory is that using vaccines causes autism in children. And so then all these people Mm. react by not getting their kids vaccinated. And now later, of course, the study, they, they, oh, uh, he never studied it really. And we printed it anyway, even though we knew that. And. So you're just, and now, and I actually know people who still, I'm not getting my kids vaccinated. Yeah. Even though you're right. showing them the article going, look here. And yeah. uh, it's that kind of a thing where you see the the two, the practical and the impractical working together in a very bad way sometimes.
2: I think this book is about people, not about in, institutions. And what we do is go from institution insti- to institution and show that the people manipulate right. Them are the problem mm-hmm. yeah. not the institution itself so <laughs> go ahead uh, i don't think he was opposed to observation uh, uh, or was he i mean or theory these, yeah these people clearly are not following scientific method so
0: right uh, no they're know. doing something something that's related and that that's when you know you, you say let's we in 5 years we're going to have this information well that's not the way you can do science and get results you can you, or even, you know, a project, it's much, it's much easier in engineering. We're going to solve this problem within five years. As long as you don't say how you're going to solve it, you can probably solve an engineering problem within five years. Well, if, a Science you, saying we will know this information about this unknown thing, that's impossible. You can't do that. correct. Not within that's correct. any most, amount of time.
2: Most good science starts with a question. Okay, so so just coming up with, I'm going to make marble softer so I can use it in pillows and I'm right. going to mix paint by smell and I can mm-hmm. look at people's crap and tell what their political leanings are and all that sort of stuff. That's not a question.
0: No. You right. I mean, it, it, it's, right. More of
2: a, it's more of a capitalist thing. It's, it's, a, it's a capitalist pig dog who would say, <laughs> I'm going to make marble pillows.
0: Schweinhund.
2: You, you know what well, I mean? Yeah, it's... And, and, and sets it's, out to figure out how to do that. Whereas a scientist says, why does this thing spin to the right? Mm-hmm. And and, and so. say,
0: hey, look, we can make marble pillows.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You got Turns
1: it. Turns out as a result. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I, I think maybe this section was the one that kind of broke the book open for me in terms of I looked at it and went. I know people who are doing this. And so I was able to look at the rest of the book and kind of make that more general leap that you're talking about, Greg, which is that right. people are people are people. And the ways he's exposing these people are universal, whether it's government or religion or, you know, science right. or in the end, the back to nature, kind of a romantic idea um, with the horses or – right. Um, so that that's I think that's why I love this section so much, because for me, this was the example that's been annoying me the most lately. And so I was like, oh, thank you.
2: Right. And I just
1: kind of e, looked at know, the rest of it differently.
2: Even the horses are a category of, of person. Isn't there a horse? The woman shows up and says, my husband died and I was burying him. And then she sits down and has a big dinner with them and she's not upset at all. And so, the you know, the point was that you can be a member of the most reasoned. Group of people as well, and still have tunnel vision because life is not one thing and one thing alone. You've right. got to have science, you've got to have art, you've got to have politics, you've got to have, and you have to know about all these things, and to do any one of them universally may make you a fun person to hang around with, a la the Wynnums, but they're by no, by, by no means perfect as well. They, they practice eugenics. They,
0: let's let's hold they, off on the I mean, Winnums, because uh, okay. I, 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 there's a lot to say there. I was ready to I go think, there. Yeah, but I think okay. we, we, we've done Laputa. Balna Barbie, okay. uh, I don't remember at all. I don't remember Balna Barbie at all. But what happened um, in Balna Barbie?
2: What? he's he's trying to get to japan uh, and and nothing really happens it's the jumping off point for glub dub bedrib
0: yeah uh, that's the one, one where he, the, all the he visits all the historical figures right
2: yeah it's his Bangzian fantasy section
0: yeah sort of yeah
2: right. i, I didn't think he, about that you're right yeah and so he goes and gets magicians to uh and sorcerers to bring back Ancient historical figures and talks to them about oh, yes. and finds out that you know our history is riddled with holes, and things weren't really the way people thought it was and
0: uh, Alexander and, the Great and uh, I don't know there's a ton of of historical figures that he talks to for twenty four hours or something and then um, and then they I don't know flit off to wherever
2: uh, right. I, I they go to Lug, nag.
0: But right, when, when he's talking to those guys, right? Uh, yeah. One of the things that was surprising me is is that we don't actually hear what they say; we just hear the information that he extracts from them, right? Right. And right. so what happens is, I was thinking, well, this is this is a uh, I I wrote a novel in my head at one point about uh, a, t- a technology where you would have um, the ability to revive somebody who had been murdered. For like, you know, seven, eight minutes or something and ask them a question. And the problem was you had to have a very skilled uh, operator because you had to get past all the questions. So like, what? 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 Why am I dead? And what? Yeah. Hey, wow, crap. And then they're crying. And <laughs> so you have to you have to get to the point. No, no. Who killed you? <laughs> Just
1: who killed And then you? someone made yeah. Pushing Daisies and your dream was on TV.
0: So in 24 hours. Yeah. It, yeah. So is, is, that, is that what that show was about? Torchwood
2: did that, too. Yeah. Didn't they
0: have okay. gloves? Uh, so see, that's st- why I wouldn't write it, because okay. it's already been thought of.
1: But- oh, I'm sorry. It was a guy who he would touch somebody, and for one minute they'd be um,
0: alive. They'd again. be
1: alive, and if you didn't touch them again so they died, somebody else of equal you know, human or value of life would right. die, like a person or a squirrel for a dog kind of thing.
2: Okay. Right. I but, I thought that that show was was – uh, really, the, the the first story that Garp writes in The World According to Garp, oh. if you remember, it's the magic gloves and the guy, he can play oh. piano and do all this stuff, but he can't touch anybody through the gloves.
1: Oh, I hardly remember The World According to Garp. That's well, I have uh, anyway. so, never
0: read the book. Or if I have, I can't remember. I watched I the movie not the that movie. long
2: ago. So. The problem with the movie is that it, 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 there are passages in the book that say, and Garp said to himself, and then it goes mm-hmm. on for like five pages, and none of that is in the movie because you can't, you can't right. have internal dialogue like that. No. It's a
1: difficult enough movie as it was to make, I would think. All that crazy stuff. I liked the movie.
2: Oh, but... if I were Robin Williams, I'd be really proud of it. it was, yeah. it was well done for for what they could treat. Yeah, and
0: his mother, it made me read the book. So
2: yeah, yeah, and Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, uh, anyway.
0: so, so he he manages to extract this. You know, this valuable information from these ghosts. And then they're, like, gone. And then it's like, well, damn. <laughs> well, uh, Alexander the Great comes back and he just needs to answer a few questions. Then he's gone again. Well, damn. That's not a way to... Yeah,
2: that... but at that time there was a great philosophical debate as to how much you could take out of ancient wisdom versus modern wisdom and was it you know was plato as really important as we think he was and and that was a very popular argument during that day and i so this is his
0: response to that
2: yeah pretty much pretty much yeah the
1: enlightenment versus the traditional way of doing it right
2: Right. And then right after this, we go to Lugnog or Nag or whatever, and he meets the Shrold Is that what they're called? I can't remember. The, the immortal guys. But yeah, getting old.
0: That, that you, was that was hilarious. Shrold
2: yeah. Brugs. Yeah.
0: The sad and hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. No, but not everybody. Well, not every. What was the significance of the mark on their face? They have a mark they above a their left eye, or, or yeah, a red
1: spot on it their changes
0: color. It kind of reminded me of the, you know the, the red dot in the middle of your palm. Yes, Logan's Run. Logan's <laughs> yeah, <front>. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know,
1: me too.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if, I hadn't put those things together, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's where they got that idea. Could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but,
0: yeah, but what's he saying? I mean, I get, I get, it's, it's, it's a joke, and it's immortality a ain't yeah. all it's cracked up no, to No, clearly be. not.
2: <laughs> right, right, I exactly. I yeah, so true. you
0: have to get. Yeah, it's one of those, you know, those uh, cruel, cruel jokes. You you wish for something, and it isn't what you wanted. Uh, what the monkey's paw sort of stories.
2: Right, I think, I think this so. is more I, of a, a political. Thing. It's more of um, if you let people live forever, then you'd get a small group of people who would run the whole world. And well, that's what, yeah,
0: he was saying before he heard yeah. the story, right?
2: Right, right. And that's why we can't, We have to say yeah, that that they're
0: good. dead once
2: they're 80. And that's why, you know, all that stuff is, again, yeah, I but think that's, Go ahead.
0: Kind of the
1: conclusion, also, though, was that the people who live forever were so unhappy. And he was like, well, I'm sorry I ever wanted that. That was the wrong thing to want. And, um, right. well, so I think that was also up. the point he was making is that, you know, that's, there's nothing that's permanent and it, and a lot of times things don't turn out the way we think they will.
0: I guess there's something to be said uh, there in also comparing it to how the humanims, uh, I can't remember how to pronounce them, but uh, uh, how they, they deal with death. Death is no big deal for them. Right? Right. Uh-huh. Uh, it's this sort of similar response to it and yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Drib, and then Japan,
2: and then Japan. It's
0: like it was just a bunch of a bunch of made up countries, and then Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's close the, enough. What's the story there? Uh, well, yeah, I, I know it, Japan was cut off from you know non non uh, Dutch traders or whatever, uh, Portuguese or whoever it was, but I,
2: I you know the the What do they call those things? Fumi E, the 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 the, the Edo Empire Mm -hmm. wanted to ferret out Christians, and they had and they're they're very prized now because most of them didn't survive. But they had pictures of a crucified cross and all uh, Christ and all this sort of stuff. And if they thought you might be a Christian, they put this thing on the ground and you had to step on it. Mm -hmm. And that's if you remember, he says, you know. Um, whatever I have to trample upon the crucifix uh, he, you know he asks him to excuse him from Gulliver asks the emperor to excuse him from stomping on the oh uh, whatever those things are called i'm pretty sure it's fumi e but i i can't remember mm-hmm. uh, yeah and so um again we're we're talking about the you know why was this so necessary for edo to um, uh, ferret out these Catholics. Um, when he basically, the real problem on his hand was was Shinto, was ancestor worship. So um, again, it's you you get bogged down in something that's that's like the war in Iraq. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. I do, and, and I think that's where he was going.
0: Okay, yeah, I, I I I don't know why that didn't strike me, but that that makes sense. That makes sense.
2: And once he learns this he goes home and says i'm never going anywhere ever again
0: right <laughs> yeah, we, we, there is something we, we should talk about his character his, his gulliver is a person he's a he's he's supposed to be a doctor it doesn't really yeah uh, it doesn't really influence his his character you know i don't know why he had to be a doctor for this for this book other than you know there's a a few scenes when that it ties in, but is just supposed to be an educated man. Is that the idea?
2: Yeah, and I think it also, he's supposed to be bored. Very much of his life is, you know, he's very bored with everything. And he's he's being,
1: boring, can I just say. And, yeah, and he's uh, been
2: dragged through these unbelievably bizarre, exciting circumstances. And he's just whatever. I mean, this is the, you know. Yes, he's so
1: uninquisitive about. I mean, he was. I could see where this was also um, making fun of the travel log.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which I I had read that,
1: and I was like, boy, do I see it because he's writing down, and then to go to the bathroom, I went to this corner and hear all these little details about all these things. Right, right, right. And (laughs) but yet he doesn't say. I could learn this language like this. Now, ooh, look at their culture. It, it compares to ours like that. No, he didn't do it. He just, oh, this and this No, and this. he's, that he's
0: very uh, purposely unselfconscious yeah, about his Yeah, he's uninquisitive.
1: Own and also, he obviously does not care about what's going on at home much or his wife because it's like, I promised her I'd never leave again. Ten days later, I'm on the boat going
0: That's to Ryan. That's made ride. clear, absolutely. You know,
1: she's pregnant. Right. I'm leaving again.
0: and well, clearly the family going... doesn't matter.
1: No.
2: The family doesn't a, matter one little bit.
1: He was yeah. a a boring, unimaginative jerk. Right. And um, sorry, but there's that's where you go. And this is when I discovered, wow, I need more character driven stuff in the book because I was going, I can't believe all this stuff is going on and I am bored out of my gourd. And it maybe if I listened to an audible version, which I was thinking, oh, that was probably the cure I needed. Mm. Uh, to help bring some of it to life, because I was like...
0: Well, all the boring parts, uh, they they just flow past.
1: Yeah, but yeah. also the fact that Gulliver wasn't reacting or learning, or, you know, the only time he really changes, he becomes uh, even more boring, because he's a hoonim, or whatever you say it. Hoonim.
2: Right, hoonim. He's a horse. he was
1: a And I was just going... Okay, I get what was being said, and that maybe that's why I like the Laputa section so much because that helped me look at the book in a different way. But I was like, you know, I really didn't need to be drugged through all this in order to get these points.
2: Well, you know, you're not alone if you so. look up the, the the literary criticism of the time, Thackeray and all these guys. They hated the Winham section. They mm. thought it was it was just. The most depressing thing, and the wrong way to end the story, and not the right message to the rest of the world, and and. But
0: well, let's talk about this section because I, th- I, th- I this one is the one that surprised me. I didn't remember it very well from whatever previous reading I had, and I think it's perhaps the most interesting in at in least a couple of ways. Yeah. Yep. Um. Uh, uh, not the least, which is you know the. Well, I don't of the mind word. it. I found
1: them the whole book to be that way. It was my problem, so. I liked this section fine.
0: Well, uh, how about this? How about this? He's been brainwashed. He's been oh yeah, it's Stockholm
1: syndrome. Yeah, kind Stockholm. Of thing. yeah, oh yeah.
0: Um, and yet, and yet, you can you, it. It has. Uh, I, I like how he's wearing Yahoo skins. <laughs>
3: yep, <laughs> that, oh, that's that
0: brainwashing uh, for sure, right? Shutter. But you know, going back to what. Um, you guys are saying about him being a boring character didn't isn't that our complaint that we had with uh mind swap yep the main character was sort of a
2: yep a a cipher
0: yeah not not an interesting your point again yeah sorry and and yet um if i i was gonna ask greg you know greg was saying that this book gulliver's travels is an existential book and i'm thinking all the way through it i was thinking no not really and then well, we
3: uh-huh. talked
0: earlier. I'm thinking, okay, so I see. Actually, before the podcast started, I was thinking. I think I know what Greg is. Greg is on about now. So this is our existential section. Is that correct, or is there absolutely,
2: absolutely? And the fact that when he finally gets off, he meets uh, a reasonable, a good Yahoo in in Captain Mendez or whatever the guy, that the Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Guy. So, in other words. You know there there isn't enough the only way to live a full life is to make a commitment to living that life, and that's the basis of existentialism, and that's what all the other characters do, except for Gulliver
0: yeah i see I see what you're it, it's sort of in the the same like authentic you know what is the the thing about the waiter he uh he's living in bad faith. Right, Because he's always going to be, I don't know, uh, how, how does that line go? The waiter lives in bad faith because he pretends that he's not a waiter? Yeah,
2: something like, I don't remember the exact, but yes, you've got the gist of it there, yeah. Um, well, yeah, so, but, you know, in terms of pure existential thought, if you become... If you apply as much reason as you can to the world around you, it makes you blind to other parts of the world, the unreasonable parts. And I think that you have to take all them in and accept them for what they are and not put values on them that make them good or bad. They just are. Um, You know, I I hate it that, you know, my cats will torture mice, but it's just it just is and I wish the world wasn't the way it was but it is and we have to accept that and and that is the central message uh, i think of this whole story arc tied together with the winhams um so in other words as you go through the book you're so Let's suppose you are a member of one of these institutions and you say, oh, okay, um, all right, so so that one didn't work. So, we'll go, you know, politics didn't work. Let's go on to the next one, religion. Mm-hmm. Well, religion didn't work, so let's go on to the next one. And, and he keeps doing that until you get to the final refuge, which is reason. And you think, okay, I'm there. But what you find out is, no, it, it, reason doesn't do it either. Mm. It, it can't be any one of these things. It has to be a fully... You know, you have to commit but to living life. But I didn't get
1: that life. out of it. I didn't get a total rejection of all those things. I He was complaining about specific things within all those things, not the overall thing itself to me. So to me, those Quenums, uh the Winnie people, the horses. Whenums. Right, right. didn't, um, to me, I just looked at it and, Maybe this is applying too much modern thinking. But I did, as I say, I look at spark notes and I went, oh, it agreed with me. So maybe I just think on the most simple level also, which would be. That I, I think you can was, put
0: spark don'ts down. Don't don't put it down too far.
1: Because, he was you dealing know, with but, the romantics. Well, as Rose said, it's gotten many maybe. a high school student through class. And so I leaned on it hard. But um, uh, to me, I was looking at the fact that. Everybody kept saying, "Well, he didn't like the Enlightenment. He didn't like these things. You know, he had a lot of things he was complaining about." And the Romantics, you know, the back to nature, the Rousseau type thinking of the noble savage and blah blah blah. To me, that was what this was all about. Was um, these are animals. This is nature. This this guy's trying to take on the nature of something that's not where humans belong. And so when he does that, there are all these imperfections also. I, looked, I didn't, I see what you're saying, Greg, and I see how you got there. Just, I don't see it that way. I just think he was, he was like, well, now I'm mad about this. So I'm going to complain about this stuff. And now I'm mad about that. And so I'm going to complain about that. And it all ties together because I'm mad about a whole lot of stuff.
2: I I agree there are a series, you know, it's a serial the way it's put together, but I think it's a, it's a balloon full of paint. It's an amorphous blob. You poke your finger in one place, it pokes out somewhere else. And, Mm -hmm. and that's what the story arc is really going after is that, is that it is amorphous. You can't nail it down. You can't say I found the answer, Mm -hmm. period. No more thought about this required. I figured it all out. And I think he methodically goes through all of the approaches. And the reason this book still resonates today is because those are timeless approaches that people have been applying since, you know, we lived in caves and blah, blah, blah. It, it's just a, you know, you can't be unidimensional. You have true. got to be a whole person. And, well, that's and,
0: very true. And, yeah, but he but... doesn't he doesn't tell you that. Right. There's no coda at the end that tells you uh the, the 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 key to unlocking this book so but he
2: never learns the lesson the, the,
0: the, no yeah, what i mean is swift stupid. doesn't tell us that and uh, and and so when he doesn't learn the lesson then we are to say well there's something wrong with him um he's he's you know been through too much he was brainwashed he was you know he was there under their tutelage for 5 years um and you know y- yes they they don't have disease and such but uh, I got to ask you, what 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 is the why are the Yahoos in in the land of the Winems? So, what what is his target there? Is that just base us. human nature? Uh, us. But us as everyone ever, or is it a specific kind of us? Like
2: it's it's, it's our again, we go back to cowardliness
0: and our our all our worst aspects. Is that what it is?
2: It's the, yes, and it's also the alienation that the educated man feels against that giant tidal wave of stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well put, sir. Well, uh, (laughs) which is why he tries to gravitate toward the Hwinnom, and which is why they ultimately decide that while he is a Yahoo with some semblance of reason, you know what I mean? He's Mm -hmm. he's really not one of us. I mean, he's got to go and. And so, well, it's
1: the Star Trek Mr. Spock who would like to be all
2: Vulcan, but he's not. It, yeah, in a way, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, more, the more enlightened you make yourself, the, the, the wider your net, the thing you're actually supposed to do in life, which is figure out how things work everywhere, not just on some specialty –
0: I like, I like that he's, it sounds like Greg's testifying now.
2: The, <laughs> the thing, thing that you're
0: supposed to do in life. Your Honor. Interesting. I got that Interesting. too. Yes. That,
2: that I was separates like, okay. you from the rest of humanity. Okay? The, the more I learn, the fewer I relate to other people, the less I relate. Uh, because there's fewer people that think and act the way that I do. Mm-hmm. Most people care about American Idol. I don't. Most people care about the Super Bowl. I couldn't care less. So it's, it's not that I'm saying those things are bad. I'm just saying that if you do what you're supposed to do in life, which is educate yourself, the more you do, the lonelier you get. Well,
0: well, I, 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 I don't I, agree. Be, well, before, we go, before we go there, I just find it really interesting, the thing you're supposed to do in life. See, I, got, I get everything you're saying. The thing I'm supposed to do in life that's you saying, you know, I've got this, but you're supposed to do. Where's that coming from? Where, where's the the? That was a,
2: that was a royal inclusive. It wasn't meant.
0: No, 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 no. I, I, but I understand. I understand that. But um, you're, you're saying, saying man's goal. Our, our faculties are fit like a horse's are for running. Ours are for thinking and learning and understanding and and accepting and all the things that people can do that. Uh, rodents can't is that what you're saying no i'm i'm asking where that drive to figure see the problem the problem here the the unstated thing is that uh greg doesn't see the world the way uh everyone else does and i i'm i think i'm there too I don't see yeah. like uh, yeah Super Bowl uh, you know it's yeah it doesn't do anything. Now, almost nothing does it for me that normal people like, which right. is kind of strange. But I think that that's not my problem. I think that's the world's problem. But I'm willing to accept that the the world's different. Um, so I'm right. I, I I want I want Greg to be right, but I have no idea where he's getting his his what? his poll. I don't I don't know where that pull is coming from. Where's that pull coming from, Greg?
2: I'm not sure what you mean by pull, but are you, you mean what the definition you mean
0: you're supposed to do is supposed is the see, okay. so going back I to can
2: break that down. I can break that down. Yeah, OK. Life is about experience. So you should experience as much as you can, which is why I love to travel, mm-hmm. which is why Gulliver loved to travel. Well, was forced to travel. <laughs>
0: but I but, think he liked to travel, too.
2: OK, yeah, so I think
0: that he's a character.
2: I, I think that it's about experiencing as much as you can and getting to the end and saying, "Okay, I got no regrets. I actually did a bunch of things on my list. I didn't expect to do them all, but I got through a bunch of them and it's not that bad." And and, and it made me it, it widened my perspective. It made me see the world in a different way. It made me realize that there is no single correct answer. And and the only thing I can do, I'm walking down a hallway That's it's going to take me longer than my lifespan to get to the other end. And I realize that. But along the way, I'm going to experience as much as I possibly can in my limited hallway. And if you just spend your life walking from point A to point B without looking around, it seems it seems
0: seems wasteful. I agree. But but. uh, So the the the. The supposed to has to come from uh, your perspective, no? Uh,
2: yeah, there is only your perspective.
0: I got you. All right. I I, I understand. Julie?
1: Yes. <laughs> of course, I do not agree with that necessarily. I understand it. But I was just sitting here kind of thinking about how do I say what I think. Um, I think, since we're talking about the meaning of life, um To me, life is about finding the truth. And we discussed this once before, but each person has to do that in their own way. What is the truth? And the truth is bigger than um, defining it in any of the ways Gulliver does or any of the journeys that he takes. Uh,
0: 100% agreement. Yeah, Yeah, put it all
1: together. It's bigger than experiencing all you can because if you're not going to internalize that and put it together in something that means more, then you're kind of left with that to me, to me, Greg, not judging
0: you at all. That's I'm just of saying course. it's I don't think that you, endless I don't think corridor. Been, Greg, I don't think it's possible. No, this is just yeah.
1: my – well, and this – or anyone who might be listening. This is just my very off-the-cuff kind of thing of – because I was looking at it and going, of course, to me – Um, I spent most of my life going, what's going on is I, and I wasn't asking it like, is there a meaning of life? But I was like, is there a God? Isn't there a God? What's going on? How do people have these goals that I don't know what they are? Huh? Nothing really makes sense, but I wasn't willing to give up the idea that things could make sense. And for me, I realize this starts to sound very stereotypical, but when I, got the answer to whether there was God or not, which for me that answers yes, um, based on my seeking that God is truth. And that means then what you do is you start to, where am I seeing this truth everywhere? How does that apply to my life? How do I live my life to be true to that overall truth? Um, And I realize that either sounds nebulous or like I'm a religious fanatic. Uh, No, no. No, neither, actually. And I'm not trying to be that way because the thing is, is God is so much bigger and more than we can ever imagine. You can go your entire life being excited about what you find and what you see because there's little traces of it everywhere. And it all starts to mean more to you. And then you're in this... And now the religious fanatic parts probably starts to come out. But you start to be in this relationship that is a never-ending, extremely cool thing. And so when I see everybody else looking for truth and finding it in their own way, I'm willing to accept the fact that you're not going to find that truth the way I do, but it's still all splinters of that same one truth. And I have
2: no problem with you that. Do you know what I'm I, saying? Yeah, it makes sense I, to me. My, my only commentary to all that, and I, I also look for truth, is that truth is relative. And so you never know it. Religion, the word religion comes from religare, which means read again. In other words, you never get it right. Because no, truth,
1: that's not truth, what it's saying. <laughs> it's not saying you never get it right. Check it's saying etymology. that same thing of you looking at Gulliver's travels going every time I see something new. Sure. You keep if you're reading it. again. Uh,
0: how about complete? How's how's that right? Better than uh, Better than you can't get it right. You you can't. Yeah, it you complete. just can never know it okay. all
1: because it's infinite. It's something that you we are puny human brains can't. I'm not sure all.
0: infinity exists, but I'm I, I'm <laughs> with you everywhere everywhere um, else you went.
1: Well, yeah, and so the and and that's why I wasn't using the word religion or you know I'm talking about my faith but it's the way I see the world and I'm and I don't like to pin other people down because like I say I w- I went from you know my parents were atheists and um I have no problem with as long as people aren't trying to push their atheism onto somebody else unless they ask I got no problem with that or anything else as long as everybody's trying as hard as they can Or you know, with their honesty, to find what is true, and not shutting themselves off by going, "Now I understand." Which is Julie. Julie,
0: what I would say is that you push your atheism on uh, other people by denying their gods, right? That's that's the way I would look at it. Is you say, you know, the Zeus, Zeus, yeah, you would say Zeus isn't real, and I say, yeah, you're right. And then you say, you know, that guy isn't real, It's some other god, and then I say, yeah, you're right. Um, the thing is, is it's it is about choices, and it's just like what you're going to choose. Because I, I I had I had some Jehovah's Witnesses in the other day, and they you know they wanted to tell me about their God, and my boss wants to tell me about his God, and <laughs> uh, you know, and they're they're all sort of talking kind of about the same God. In that they you know he's the capital G guy. That's the most popular one. But you know you go elsewhere, and they other people got other other stuff, and as long as they're evangelical about it that's that's the you know we do deny some gods all of us because i don't believe that you can be both a muslim and a christian and a and a confucianist and all of those things and have it be coherent well <laughs> but that's uh, you why you I'm might I'm not... say i am all those things and yet i don't think you could do that and be coherent well, right
1: be- oh, go, ahead. The, go ahead the most
2: oxymoronic t- term that i can think of is evangelical atheist i mean
0: if you're an atheist
2: then there are
0: there are people who who i agree put atheism on they're,
1: they're not using they're using their atheism in a different way than it's intended to be
2: defined right yes right and and two truths although they're not absolute truths because there is no such thing um two truths <laughs> are uh, n- number <laughs> one is is that what what people believe does not have to be true I don't see why that has to be a rule. Yep. But number two, yep. and, I, and I will quote Jonathan Swift on this, you can't reason somebody out of something they weren't reasoned into. I so
0: too. It's wh- a wh- where's that a quote from? Is that it, in this that,
2: book? Uh, no, it's, it's something else. I know it's a Swiftian quote, but I don't remember where he actually said it or whatever. Um, and, and so those two things together means being evangelical uh, as an atheist is a waste of time. You, you 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 just have to accept that you're in the minority and and that you think that you have the highest probability answer but
0: it's to, a, to it's me, a, it's like a club of girl haters it doesn't make any sense you know yeah
2: yeah the misogynist club or something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know to me polytheism never went anywhere we say that we have a monotheistic society bullshit Okay, what we have is a bunch of different gods and people trying to kill each other over them. The only difference with, the, with an openly polytheistic society is that they didn't actually try to kill each other over them. And so I have no problem in what people believe in. I have no problem in religion. I have no problem in spiritualism. What I have a problem with is people who are going to get us all killed. Mm. Okay? And
1: Agreed. Not,
2: and there's a lot of subjective beliefs are based around religion, but also it's really an issue of dogma, and
0: I, ideology, doesn't, and stuff like that. Uh, religion but, is, you know, uh, ideology. Religion are can be the same thing. If you if you say all people of this kind are the wrongs and the we are the rights, then even if it doesn't have a any religious elements, it's still a it, well, it's it a belief functions. System. It functions yeah. in right, the same right. way. So, you know?
2: So when I look at people who believe in magic or supernatural things, I don't have a problem with them believing that, other than the fact that the way they behave, they're going to get us all killed.
0: (laughs) Uh, The people uh, people reading the astrology section of the newspaper are going to get us all killed. I think that there is a lot of merit in that, or at least they are putting us in danger. And it's so you know making the the argument very hard. Uh, the the, f- the very very fact that this section of the newspaper is still being published, I don't know of a of a daily newspaper that doesn't have an astrology section, but it really should. You know, it's it it is unbelievable to me <laughs> that it still happens. Uh, but well, I, that's
1: why Happy Catholic, uh, my blog, has the uh, an onion horoscope in it, the sidebar every day because um, I- it's. <laughs> Because and you wouldn't believe the flack. Like, well, you might get
0: over yeah, it from people
1: who are like, "Oh, I can't believe you do that." I'm like, "See, it's a joke. It's showing that it doesn't. It's not true. They don't know it's what the onion is. I silly. Think. It's anyway. Um, well, I think what we're kind of all talking about, or at least the point I wanted to make, is when you're saying uh, I'm denying Zeus is real or whatever. But it's kind of that thing of uh, C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. what he famously had a a night-long conversation with, I think it was J.R.R. Tolkien and a couple of other people from the Inklings, maybe, who he went from being an atheist to being a Christian because his main problem was all these people have all these stories and a lot of them intersect and they have similarities. And basically what they were able to say is those are all splinters of light that are reflecting from the one true light that, is something that's hard to define, which is kind of the point I was trying to make is that we all do the best we can at seeing what it is that's true. Yeah. You know, which of those splinters are, you know, it's, but it's what do we grab that's true and what do we grab that's not true. And so the job is, our job, I would say, as people who are alive and thinking (laughs) and real, I I would say supposed to, um, is that we're supposed to spend our time going, which splinters are true and which splinters are not true and you do that by the thinking and the talking to people like this and reading books and um being around other people who might not ever do do that but who are good people so you see what what's testing out as true and what isn't and that's kind of also how people who are really doing that really living the way they should like I would say the three of us, hopefully, <laughs> we can sit and talk about all this stuff and not want to kill each other
0: what a and mutual who matter- all want to kill each other over it, we've are
1: been. not doing that they're clinging to things that aren't true they're not testing it enough, and they're putting it on everybody else, and that's why it's wrong, and that's yep. why they you know are doing the wrong thing yep, in my opinion
2: yeah, yeah.
1: sounds good all right.
2: we are in agreement
1: okay
0: i i I can't believe though that you gave this two stars
1: I was so bored by this book i can't say i mean and the thing is is that um i just finished my goodreads actual review right before this because i didn't want to necessarily influence it but after i had thought about it i said okay i have spent what when did i finish it two or three weeks ago and i've seen story after story in the newspaper or heard people talking about stuff where i went oh Gulliver's Travels, section mm-hmm. such and so. Gulliver's Travels, section such and so. And I've gone, wow, okay, that's the value of the book, even though I didn't really enjoy it. I think, um, I
0: think it just maybe I'm surprised because I I, 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 always find any star rating surprising, you know, on on a classic work. It's like, how can you judge this book that's based on, you know, that's still still being talked about three hundred years it, after? That's how my can it be,
1: or, that's how my sliver of light, man. <laughs>
0: How how can it be starred? How can, as how can book, you say it has one star or five stars?
1: Well, it, it occurred to me I really needed to have a multi-layered multi, uh, thing of how did I enjoy it as a book? One to two stars. Didn't enjoy reading it. But how valuable do I find it as a classic that I've read that I can use to think about stuff? Probably four stars, yeah. I would say. Not perfect, but really good and um so i kind of finished writing a section that went here's the value i found in it which was v- overall much better i it's not the same value that greg found in it necessarily but it definitely had value which says something to how it speaks to everyone still universally
2: well a lot so- of these a, a lot of these books that were very very influential on me inferno and gulliver's travels and stuff like that uh, the first time i read them i was probably preteen if not early mm-hmm. teen and, and so it just whacked me in the head with like a sledgehammer um, and you know I was trying to dissect a snowflake and, and they <laughs> gave me a sledgehammer in which to do it with and, and uh. that, that whole thing is left over so I, I, I agree there's extra value there's value added that I am putting onto this thing because of how it affected my personal life and the, and the age that I was when I first came in contact with these things Um, Because I was in a very strict, uh, controlled environment. And so anything that I could get through the door that was acceptable, uh, but yet still taught me how to, you know, taught me, uh, you know, how to be seditious uh, Hmm. was extremely important to me. Yeah. And this this was one of those things, and, and Gulliver's Travels is, is the, you can't see yourself in the satire, and none of the people that were controlling my life could see themselves in this satire, mm-hmm. so they let me bring it in and put it down on my bed and read it.
0: And, That's what makes it science fiction?
2: Uh, well, <laughs> there are a lot of speculative ideas, and they Indeed. are integral to the plot, so uh, yes, this? I guess we could say that but land of the
0: giants
1: uh, land of the little people land of floating islands i think it's science fiction just like inferno that way uh,
0: i think i think i posted it as fantasy because somebody else had called it a fantasy and yeah it has fantastic elements uh certainly
2: what i discovered was that there were all sorts of things that were okay to the nuns and brothers and my family members and all that stuff that they had never actually read Mm -hmm. They, they never read inferno
3: Never, uh,
2: do you know what I mean? Or, or they, uh-huh. they, they couldn't hold the, the, the cognitive dissonance, dis- dissonance that was their mindset in place if they had actually sat down and read it. So uh-huh. they, they just passed on a classic. And what they were doing was passing on this seditious material to a young person. I mean, you know, this is why South Park is so important today. Mm. Yes, it's a bunch of foul-mouthed little kids saying stupid shit. Um, but it's also the most seditious thing on television,
3: mm-hmm. and to
2: get that in front of a nine or ten year old is worth all the money that you know. It's just you—you got to have something like that.
0: Well, I—I—I uh, I, I doubt you would say every nine and ten year old, because some well, of them it's not going to do anything for, except for the foul mouth part, right? And right. and that's the concern True. that people.
1: I think you have, need to be a little older to get
2: that part
1: that Greg might be talking about. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I I had,
2: I had bullwinkle when I was a kid and that was, that was, that was pretty good too. hmm? Yeah, absolutely. You didn't
1: have to be, yeah, well that the Simpsons, um, yeah, the early years of it, especially more. Um, yeah, South park, which I don't watch for, and
2: I don't even you know. agree with them on a lot of their issues on South Park. I I just don't even agree with how they wind the thing up. But I'm willing to let those two guys do what they do, just because of the sedition they plant in the in the young minds. It's <laughs> it, it's incredibly important to society.
0: Uh, yeah, it it it's um. Well, it's looking uh, at
1: all kinds of ideas from all different points of view. It's that other way of looking at stuff, and that's what you're talking about. Is
0: they call critical opening, thinking in school? They call that yeah, critical yeah. thinking skills. Well,
1: thank you, thank you.
0: I I always thought critical thinking when I heard this expression. I thought it meant I thought it meant you'd like think it's really important that you think. And well, it is. <laughs> it is that is what mm-hmm. it means. It's really important. It's critical <laughs> that you think. It and is. Well, it is. That is the meaning of critical thinking. Because well, if you don't, you are in trouble.
1: And I have to say, the thing I think I've learned over the past two or three years, and this is, you know, as old as I am, it's so silly for me to just now learn this. But that's the point of still keeping your mind right, uh, open, yeah. right? Yeah. Is Is um, between this and Craftlit, which is a pretty funny one to be mentioning on here. But, uh, you know, I have been exposed to more classics than I ever was through just regular living or school in a way that I could understand and appreciate and apply them. So I've come across The Scarlet Letter, The Turn of the Screw, things that were ruined for me in school or that I just couldn't get into, Gulliver's Travels, um, Inferno. I wound up reading the whole thing because of a reading challenge. Earth Abides,
0: hey. Huh? Earth Abides is a classic. Yes, oh, I really. never even heard of it.
1: Till. Yeah, and that's one that I couldn't, I've tried twice and couldn't get Did into. Did you
0: try the audiobook?
1: I listened, now see, and that's the other thing I learned because of reading The Reapers or the Angels, which I contend is a wonderful book that should go way beyond the zombie label, um, is a lot of times listening to it versus reading it is what breaks it open. And mm-hmm, so yeah. the yeah. audiobook things, Jesse, is much appreciated. For instance, the Epic of Gilgamesh that I'm listening mm-hmm. to. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yep. Such a great book, and I think if uh, I read it, this is a
0: Silverberg it, version. Uh, oh
1: yes, Robert Silverberg, and it's so good. And it's funny because you know Rose did her little quick modern telling mm-hmm. of it on my podcast, which. Is so helpful to me because I'm listening to this, going, "Oh, he's gotten to the part that Rose was talking Mm -hmm. about. Oh, yay!" But it's fleshing it out, it's making it real, but it's yet still written in that style, that classic style to me. And I'm just going, even if I don't learn anything from it, just to know that that's out there and have it to compare to other things later. Mm -hmm. What a great, and it's a great story. Great.
0: Yep. You know, and, and the,
1: this is something that I really appreciate. And I said this before when I was just talking about this in general. I appreciate, Jesse, you having this forum mm. and people like Greg who will come on and participate in it and listening to all the other people because it, it opens up that Socratic learning. Isn't that Socratic? Yep.
3: yep. The questions
1: yep. and talking to each other where yep. you don't have to reach the same conclusion or even a conclusion at all. But it just opens you up to go, oh, I've learned something else over here later on and Absolutely. it's really it's a great thing i think so i well, appreciate
0: I, i've been enjoying your your new podcast with scott um you guys did uh, the Jerry oh, blues recently.
1: yeah oh man that was an interesting book
0: yeah i i think it's 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 interesting because uh it 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 is you do seem to be talking about something i i can't say it's exactly catholic whatever it is you're talking about but it there's something so there that you're not talking know. about with us Right, yeah, and I think that that's that it's it, it's really good that you're recording those because uh, it's it gives me insight into my good friend Scott and my good friend Julie, and I think, huh. Yeah. Mm hmm, I see, I see, I see what she's saying here, Uh-huh.
2: Well, you know, if you check out the etymology of the word Catholic, you'll find out it means universal.
0: Universal, I do, I, I know But it. you know, uh, there was something. Uh, I, I think maybe it was on the podcast or uh, some yeah. website. It said it said uh, Orthodox Catholic, and I thought, well, is there an unorthodox Catholic? There must be. If there's an Orthodox Catholic, there's oh, an unorthodox it, Catholic.
1: Well, then what's going being on? Being then used, I think, as in in probably how we were using it. it it's kind of um, code, not code word, but what would it be? Uh, just that terminology for there's the people who this is what the church teaches, and we believe it, and we do it. And then there are the people who go, we would like to pick and choose what we do with the Catholic Church. And that they will call themselves or be called, depending, uh, liberal or progressive. Or uh, a lot of times people from the other side will say they're cafeteria Catholics.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so then you've got the other side, which is called conservative or orthodox. And that's basically the people going – this is what the church teaches, and if I don't agree with it, which I found myself in disagreement many times, but I will go and read a lot of the history or look into where did it come from or what's the thinking over 2,000 years.
0: And Yeah, you um, don't believe something just because somebody else says it's true, right? You well, say, you say I believe say, this because think this makes sense the- and it fits in with this.
1: Yeah, and the thing that surprises me is... Um, Kind of like, you know, Greg was testifying. And and I was like, the thing that always surprises me is when you take the trouble to go and look and go, wow, these things don't, how can they say this when everybody knows it's really like this? And when I go and look at where did it come from over 2,000 years and how did it get here, it's so damn logical to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way I've seen it and I'll look at different people saying it or what people say against it. It's very logical, usually, and that's kind of the thing that Scott has said, too. I'll say, well, I get it, but this and this and this, and he goes, yeah, I know. Every time I come back to it, they're dang logical about it. Well,
0: it, it, look, so, as soon as you get Vatican two, right, that, that says things things can be different.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And so
0: then you say, well, th- th- things are going to change again. Things will change again. It's, that's inevitable as long as right. the, you know.
1: Poor things are always there. But the way that the official,
0: the official, you know, uh,
1: the way it's expressed or opened to the world more because things as my priest was putting it when we were talking about, he's like, yeah, things had gotten brittle, you know, and the the church was closed off from the world too much in a way that, you know, everything was in Latin, for example.
0: Oh, I, somebody was saying how it was, uh. The Catholic Church is now open source, and it used to be <laughs> it used to be copyrighted. That's a great point. Uh, and to put it. <laughs> and yeah. uh, because of the uh, you know Luther, it turned into a um, uh, it became you know a, a pirate version of the Bible. And right, and so oh yeah, that's a really nice analogy. I think that was mm-hmm. on going post. Yeah,
1: yeah, kind um, of helps you, I guess. Yeah.
0: No, it really, it really, you know, it it it's why when you know julie says oh i'm a catholic i say, yeah that makes sense but uh, yeah. I, I when i i meet someone and they may, they they're intelligent and then they tell me they, they tell me yes i'm an evangelical christian and have you been saved yet and i and then they start in on their you know the oh, i'm going to go to hell pretty soon and and yeah there was one guy That's who true. ended his podcast with um and if you don't know jesus you're all screwed and then i'm like no no he's wrong because
1: I I don't think that's true. You're you're right. That is wrong. And well, and see that's one of those things where I'll tell they'll go, Well, cause you Catholics think this, and I'm like, Really? Because I'll tell you what the Catholic Church says is you you know, basically <laughs> Jesus doesn't have to, you don't have to be Catholic for that because they acknowledge this and this and this and this and this and, this. and they say even in nature you can find it. You know, God and Jesus, which is would imply the Trinity to a Catholic. And so, yeah, that's and that's, I think, that background of why I was going, I don't like to tell people that they're wrong and where they find the truth. I would rather just say, if they ask me, this is way, the way I see it because of the way I came to it myself. I would have I know those people. I don't like them who yeah. you have to do it my way. Well, what if I can't see it that way? What if? To put it in the terminology, you know, God doesn't have me in that place. He'll meet me where I am through what I need, what I can do.
0: To, to be fair, none of the people who, you know, who are like this tend to actually go and burn your house down. I mean, they, they've... Oh, no, yeah. Well, they it, shouldn't it, if they're Christian. not. Not Well, no. In North America, we don't have a lot of, you know, religious war as much as we have religious, I don't know, That's, anger. Um, well, yeah, yeah, so, you know... It's, it's it's relatively peaceful, and that's really good. But I yeah I, I think it bears watching. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bears yeah. our it's, attention. Keep an eye on that. You still
1: get the like, there's that Baptist church where they'll oh. go and you know stand outside of funerals and protest and be that's, just uh, awful, yeah. and you're just like, okay, really? Because don't call yourselves Christian, please, because that's you know
2: wrong. Yeah. Well, so, the, I think one of the primary differences between those types of people and the people participating in this podcast is that (laughs) we're not sure. We're not sure. We're willing to listen to other viewpoints to try and hone our own. And those people that go to those funerals of soldiers and stuff, they're absolutely positively, no doubt in their minds, sure that they're right. And there is no room for discussion.
0: I'm not sure that they're sure. I, I think, I think they're trying to convince themselves and true, true. and, and in yeah. that and in in that is fueling the I mean a lot of m- what am I understanding uh, a very limited understanding of why people are evangelical even as atheists right um, because' I've, I've read some some you know we're talking about evangelical atheists it doesn't make a lot of sense to me but it, it, the the reason some people are passionate is because it's part of their argument with themselves it's like i've got to yeah. make this consistent i've got they're trying to get through the process of understanding and in that they must you know if only everybody else was like me then my doubts would it's 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 kind of like the republican you know gay hater who you know has feelings that are oppressed right right uh those repressed feelings can be straightened out by Denying them in others, right? Denying that they're yeah. real, and that I I I, I don't have well, good access to it, but I know that that a lot of evangelicalism, you know, the the process mm-hmm. of converting has to be related to. Oh, I don't know that I assume that it has to be oh. related to to this phenomenon because what they're often arguing doesn't have any uh merit? well yeah, merit yeah but it it doesn't have any depth of the of the you know just just how can you believe this god when yeah there's
1: nothing behind it more than the surface um well and a lot of the times the evangelical thing is you know you really do believe it so much and you don't understand why other people can't because you're not you widening widening your net enough to go oh other people could think about it this way i see you know, More I understand
0: paid in too much, you know, how the, the the story with Scientology works is, is that you when you finally get the revelation at the end, it's like, well, if they told me that at the beginning, I would never <laughs> sign up with this, with this religion. <laughs> because I, how could I, you know, you've invested yeah. so much. Okay, Zenu and the volcanoes, all that stuff. I, oh, <laughs> well, okay, you know.
2: Yeah. I spent again, 14
0: years in. trying to get into this club and it's a great club I tell you you better join (laughs) otherwise what did I do all that time yeah
2: yeah, but I think that organizing a spiritual belief turns it into a political organization no matter what you do and you can't you know dogma does not survive time very well like okay the church currently is opposed to surrogate mothers well good thing they didn't have that rule around when Jesus was born (laughs)
1: she wasn't a surrogate mother what do you call her she was his mother no he was but inside okay. of her so i can't <sighs> give you the details of the holy spirit and mary okay sorry okay
2: okay yeah that,
0: that's there was why. no other guess. man no you, but yeah it's uh, it i not even I,
1: adoption that's there you got joseph the father
2: well <laughs> okay all i'm saying is that is that that kind of You know, when you say you believe in absolute truth and you issue what that truth is, time is your worst enemy. It's going to show you up sooner or later. Yeah, 2012,
0: I'm really worried. I'm worried. worried
1: I'm not worried. I do believe in absolute truth. The thing is, is I'm... you know, we can pick on little things and I would have to go back and this is where I'd have to go back and go, okay, you're understanding of the Holy Spirit, Greg, let's go into that. And you know, you don't want that. And I don't want that. At least right at this moment. Well, not but, on this
2: podcast, but yes. i to get into <laughs> it with you. I, I am a product of, I had theology every day. I'm all boys, private Catholic academy. I don't care. That's so
1: fine. Whatever. I got, I'm I not here to pedigree. argue about any of that. Um, right. But I was going to say the evangelical thing. Is uh, Some people will take that and, you know, like I was saying, like, um, no, you must believe this because I do. And some people, especially Christians, well, you know, there's that mandate, go out and spread the good news. Mm -hmm. But the way they choose to spread the good news is often so off-putting that, you know, like, you know, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Whereas um, I do not believe in doing that because I know how off-putting it is. But in a sense, you know, Greg said what he was thinking and we kind of l- listened to it, and we talked about it some. And then when you're t- like Julie, and I'm like, okay, how do I say this in a way that's understandable? <laughs> but that was came my, out just fine. You couldn't call it evangelizing because that's not what I meant no. by it. But that was telling. That was my, I how, solicited uh,
0: you. That's not evangelizing. Right. When I not, solicit your that opinion, that was my that good is. news.
1: I was telling my good news in a in a venue that I would normally not do
2: it in because I trust you to. and, but, and um, you're not trying to convert us.
1: And you asked.
2: Uh, and when I end up in purgatory, I expect you to be up there praying for me, girl.
1: I'm probably going to be there right next to you. We're going to be trading books back and forth, all right?
0: Fair uh, enough. And Jesse's going to be what sitting the, there, too. There's books allowed? I, you know, I might hey, look into this religion.
1: In my vision, there's books. I like to Books Peter- plural.
0: I, I think that's just great because I always thought there was just the one. So What? The Bible. <laughs> so I, I want to have more than just that one book that's my main thing I, so I oh. want that book I want it on my shelf I, well, have I'll you
1: have seen, have, it, you guys seen
0: gonna... <laughs> have you seen the book of Eli no yeah. I haven't oh I haven't. well what did you think of it Greg I, I, I quite it. liked it
2: I, I I quite the hook was nice at the end but I yeah. saw it coming from a million miles away oh uh, I don't know what it was about the way Denzel played that character but like Twenty-five frames into the movie, I had the hook.
0: I okay. See, I'm I'm not sure. I'm I, I haven't looked up anybody else's uh, opinion on it, but one of my students was telling me about the movie and he said he didn't like it. And I said, "Well, did you understand the end and 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 the not the? I don't want to spoil it for Julie. I think right, Julie should right. watch it so." Oh, um, should I? Okay, I think it's, so.
2: It's worth watching. It's definitely okay. worth watching. And well, I, do,
1: I'm always up for watching Denzel. <laughs> you know, you I am that a, shallow.
2: You it's, will get a positive message at the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. Yeah, but it's a great story. No matter yeah. whether you believe it's a likely story, <laughs> I don't think so.
1: Kicking uh, ass for Jesus. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, that's not the, the story. That's not it exactly. But oh, okay. Uh. There's a, It's. It's a very. It, you know what it's a, it looks I guess it's supposed to look like the road in Mad Max or something like that mm, post
3: apocalyptic
0: Yeah but you know it could have been a half hour film could have been a half hour ah. film and, and oh. the thing is is you can get to the end and 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 then uh, I'll talk to Greg about it after the podcast
2: Okay well I could leave because you know
0: No we're oh, no. done we're done Yeah I have
2: to, I have to get going anyway I have
0: to so. call my mother Okay we'll talk we'll talk uh, about it some other time the Book of okay, the well,
1: um, and sometime, Jesse, I, I would I would love to hear what you think about um, A Good Story is Hard to Find, because uh, like you're it. not exactly the people I thought would be listening. Well, I, not that that's a problem, I like that. You know,
0: uh, presumably it's in part because uh, I have two friends who are on this yeah. podcast, and, and they're talking yeah. about books, and, yeah, I'm, I'm okay on movies, too, but, oh, hey, before I forget, before yes. I forget, um, I wanted to say uh, the thing that I was reminded of by the final chapter of this book and the Winham chapter is, uh, (laughs) is uh, the Ricky Gervais movie. Um, Uh,
2: The invention invention of of lying. lying. Yeah. Great movie.
0: A fantastic movie.
2: I loved it.
0: And the thing is, is it, it, you know, they don't have lying in, in the Winham land. They call it a thing that is not.
3: Right. right?
0: Um, And I thought that that was interesting. And the sort of the, In that way, it was a utopian book, right? Uh, We've got a. It's in the not just a traveler's tales and the the sort of quasi fantastical, you know, satire, but it's also a utopian book in that. um, Would things all be solved if we, if we got rid of lying? because he's lying the root of all problems. I think words are the root of all problems in the yeah. sense that we, we don't match them to reality very well. Often, oftentimes. What a,
1: well, what I think a great statement. I like that. Right. Write that down okay. in the show notes, will you?
0: I will. But I, I've, yeah. I've written that many times before. I, I think, okay, I, well, I think it's actually in the LibriVox notes or something like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I look in any case, um, check out Invention of Lying as well, because it it is a fantastic film in that yep. it deals with... Uh, in a, You know, it, it, now that I think about it, it reminds me of Earth Abides a bit. Uh, it's kind of depressing. And it, yet yeah. it, it's uplifting in the same way that it's depressing.
1: Well,
3: Ricky and,
0: Gervais
1: is so one note. I tend to avoid his movies generally. Although uh,
0: like- I'm not a big fan of his TV shows, but I, I must tell you, this is... I think it's one of the best films the last... 20 years or so.
2: It's got a good. great hook.
1: Heavens. It's got
2: a really good hook. Of course,
1: coming from you guys, and, talk, and, and I know the basics of the movie, now I'm worried, but I'll watch it.
2: Oh, I think you'll like no, it. I'll do it for worry. you. Don't be worried. It it actually does end up with a positive message.
1: Indeed. Okay. Well, you know, everything doesn't have to end with a positive message. I loved In Bruges. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, haven't I, seen do that
0: one. I haven't
1: seen I that one. The best do. movies ever.
2: Just uh, yeah. Well, I like movies where where there's protagonists that you don't really like because they don't make them that often. No,
0: and <laughs> I'm gonna and, check well, that out. Yeah,
2: yeah. In Bruges is 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 oh. worse. it's it's these two hitmen who are stuck in Belgium <sighs> and they can't it's go good. anywhere and it, it's well done.
1: Okay. Well, the language is great and the two characters play off each other really well. And then um, as we got done because Tom and I watched, my husband and I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, uh, that was not what I expected. And then, we watched it with our oldest daughter, who we got done, and said, "So, what did you think?" And she said, "That was the most
0: moral, extreme
1: violence and cursing I've ever seen." And I went, "Yes, exactly."
2: That's exactly
0: right. Yeah. Well, I think that's what violence in in fiction is for. Is, is well, you're gonna love this those thing. things.
2: You've yeah, got to
1: watch it. <laughs>
2: there's buckets of blood in this bad oh. boy. Yeah. Excellent.
1: Oh, yeah, that whole tower scene, and then um, yeah, and uh, it's gonna it does what it what you want, Jesse.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm gonna it check does. that out. All right. Thank you so much, guys.
2: No problem.
0: Thanks. It was fun. Likewise. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com.